As long as I'm here today, many of you will remember the old tradition we had after the Lord's Supper. We'd sing a little song. So let's sing together. I think you know it. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation so rich and free. And I do want to say thank you, Pastor, for giving an old duffer like me a chance to return to his gifting that God gave him. I sometimes think of retirement for a pastor is like a racehorse having to watch the race from the barn. And uh, so it is a joy to be here and to come back and celebrate what God is doing here in the midst. You have come here today to worship So let's ask God to help us to understand this thing of worship a little bit more. Let's pray before we begin. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you today for being our God. We thank you that you're here. You're here with blessing in your hand. Thank you, Lord, we can come and just for a period of time kind of forget about ourselves and focus on you. So we pray as we study, as we think. As we make decisions, Lord, I pray that you would be honored in all that we do. Help me, Lord, in this most important place. In Jesus' name, amen. My mother-in-law was a very godly woman. She died, went to be with Jesus just a few weeks before turning 100. She thought I walked on water, and I never told her any different. We were very close. She was just a wonderful woman. I've been blessed to have two wonderful, wonderful mothers in my life. And I remember uh, my uh, wife's mother, deep in her 90s, she could still quote Psalm 100. And she would say it with gusto. She may whisper a little bit in all other conversations. But when it came to quoting Psalm 100, she would take a deep breath and quote it with gusto. She had learned it as a little girl, and someone had told her that that was one of the important passages of Scripture to hang on to. So this morning, if you would be so kind to turn in your Bibles to Psalm 100, the screen to my left, your right, is not working this morning. So if you're way over here and want to see that passage on the screen, if you get up and move, you can go over here and see it real well. And I won't think you're leaving or anything like that, just... uh, or turn in your phone or in your Bible to Psalm 100. It's a wonderful passage. I started thinking about this two or three weeks ago. My wife bought a treadmill for me. She says, Preacher, you're getting fat, so you need to get on this treadmill and keep your diabetic problems under control. So literally, I was on the treadmill walking, and that's kind of boring. So I printed out Psalm 100 and said, I just want to think about Psalm 100 when I try to get my 30 minutes in. And then along comes the pastor and asks me to preach. And I said, Lord, what do you want me to preach at? And there I'm staring at Psalm 100. So here we go. The scriptures are filled with the commandment to make a joyful sound unto the Lord. 
Several verses will say, make a joyful shout to the Lord, and that's all over. You'll find it in the verses that Josh read this morning as we started our worship service. You'll also find it if you back up just uh, two Psalms to 98 verse 4, shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth, break forth in song, rejoice, and sing praises. The scriptures are filled with this idea of making some noise. I remember that phrase coming into my life when people wanted me to get more intense, more more advanced in my talking to make a little noise. And I remember football teams, basketball teams, when the football team of the opposing team was trying to have a huddle, all the cheerleaders and players, they'd try to get us to make a little noise so they couldn't hear what the play was, Right. I've heard that phrase, and I think sometime along the way in our worship, we need to come to the point where we make a little noise for Jesus. We've been brought up, some of us, in a culture in church where we were told to be quiet. But the scriptures never tell us to be quiet. They tell us to make a little noise for Jesus, in fact, to shout. So I wonder, one day Faye was reading the Bible to us as I was driving down the road, and she came across a couple of these verses that said, shout to the Lord. I asked her, when do we shout? And she said, well, we need to be reverent, and you need to understand, she's a little quiet and, and withdrawn. She's almost an introvert, not really, but... I'm kind of an extrovert, if you haven't noticed. It just (laughs) comes booming out of me. And uh, so I asked her, when do we shout? When when do we make this noise for Jesus? I remember growing up in church, in the Lutheran church, I still carry scars on my leg from getting pinched, but because I moved. (laughs) And, and everything was so sullen and so quiet, and, and yet the Bible screams at us that we're to make a little noise for Jesus. Well, some of us aren't quite there, but in this Psalm 100, we should start at verse 3, because there's a foundation to what we need to know about the Lord. Uh, in fact, verse 3 says, know that the Lord, He is God. (laughs) I think if we're going to really be getting excited about the Lord Jesus, there's a few things we need to know. There's a foundation to why we're so excited. Now, there are places to hold that person who just is giggly and and wiggly all the time over nothing. And and I understand that. And there's pills you can take for that. But... uh, (laughs) I'm talking about the person who knows something about God that drives him to the point of making a loud statement for the Lord Jesus. What is it that we should be assured of in our life, that we are aware of in our life, that causes us to just almost like an artesian well spill over with the joy of the Lord Jesus in our lives? What is it that we should know? My wife often tells me to make notes on my sermon and then leave my notes at home. So here we go. I'm not like your pastor. He is such a wonderful teacher, preacher, and and he puts that outline down. He fills it with scripture. You are so blessed to have a pastor who is deep in the word of God and talented on presenting it to you. And if you can't grab one or two nuggets of truth, When you leave here on Sunday, there's just something wrong with you. 
because it's like going into a rock quarry when he preaches and shares with us God's word. I would encourage you to thank the Lord for him and his wife and, and occasionally tell him how thankful you are that God's given it to him. But me, <clears throat> just tighten your seatbelts, folks. Here we go. God wants you to know him as your Savior. That is the deepest knowledge that God wants you to know. Know that the Lord, he is God. He is God and you are not. God wants you aware that there's a supreme being over you. There's a supreme being over everything. There's one who spoke the creation into existence. He brought life into the world. He put you together and me together from the dirt. (laughs) He put wife... The wife, the the woman from the rib of Eve, he made us. The scriptures will tell us that in a minute. There is a God. I'm so thankful that God has helped me through these 50 plus years of trying to walk with him and learn of him. That he's continuously teaching me that he is God. I face impossibilities and we pray and all of a sudden God answers that and you have to lay your head on your pillow at night and say, there is a God. I am so thankful that I am fully aware in my life that there is a God because most of my life can be demonstrated by things I can't handle. How about you? You come up against things and you say, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? How am I going to handle this? I am so thankful that years and years ago, I learned that there is a God. And he is aware of us and he is watching us. Know that the Lord, he is God. If you want to have the full worship experience, beloved, you need to get involved with his word and find out about God. You will never find out everything there is about God. His attributes are massive. Uh, the, the things the Bible teaches us about God, I mean, he moves water, he moves fish, he moves everything you can think of. He'll reverse the sun if he wants to. Uh, he parted the waters for the children of Israel. He does the impossible. All things are possible with God. We need to learn that. And I'm 74. Some of you are a little older than that. We can say to you that we have had years and years and years of experience of how God steps into our lives and proves that he's God. Maybe you're here today and you're facing some major crises in your life. As pastoring over 50 years, I've had to go to the hospital with crisis situations. I remember going to the hospital some days two times because... There were ladies having babies, and it was so hard for me to go from the hospice area to the maternity ward. I just emotionally couldn't do that, so i just leave and go do something else and then come back and go to the maternity ward. To <clears throat> I've seen crises and crises, difficulties. I've seen people suffer uh, and go through all kinds of difficulties. I've seen parents wrestle with the issues of parenting all kinds of things, and I thank God that I was able to say to them, there is a God, and a God who cares about you, and is going to step in and alter life because of his great love and mercy for you. Aren't you glad today that there is a God? The Lord, he is God. Now listen to as it goes on. 
It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. Every one of you here has been made by God. <clears throat> he do you in the womb. He do you before the womb, Psalm 139. He fashioned you. He made you. Don't ever think you're a piece of junk. God has made you. And if you know him as Savior, he's made you twice. And he is in the process right now of that second making. As you become more and more aware of the Lord Jesus, <clears throat> he has made you. You haven't made yourself. Oh, you foolish one who thinks you pulled yourself up from your bootstraps and you got your education and you pulled all the right levers and you punched all the right buttons all along the way. God was guiding you and leading you. Scripture indicates that we should humble ourselves and recognize him as God. He has made us and we have not made ourselves. Beloved, what a precious statement that comes next <clears throat> that we belong to him. We are his property. We're not our own. We've been bought with a price. We talked about it just a few minutes ago. The price of the Lord Jesus. You get up in the morning, recognize you're just responding to the commander-in-chief of the universe waiting for orders. You belong to him. We need to hear from him and obey him. We are his I have to hush, hurry on to the next part. And we are sheep of his pasture. <clears throat> I had to think about this a little bit. What does it mean to be in the Lord's pasture? I went back to early chapters of Genesis. Genesis chapter 2 where it said the Lord made the garden. And he put every herb, every fruit, everything in the garden for the good of Adam and Eve. Just one tree there that he said stay away from. But everything there was lush and beautiful, produced fruit. There weren't any bugs. <laughs> there, there weren't any diseases. Everything there was lush in the Lord's Garden of Eden, if you please. And when I think that we're the sheep of his pasture, do you know that God <clears throat> has wonderful things in store for you? Because we're his children. We're his sheep. We're the... Uh, occupants of his pasture. God has a wonderful plan for you. His pasture is full of blessings. Sometimes when my wife and I pray, <clears throat> I'll get to the end and I'll say, Lord, today is the day you've made for us. And you filled it full of blessings. I can't hardly wait to get involved with the day because, Lord, you're good and you fill this day with blessings. His pasture is a good place. There's no wolf in his pasture. There's no bear in his pasture. It's safe and it's healthy. It'll take you to a higher level as you enjoy the pasture that God has given to you. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. <clears throat> Love it if you know what it is. And I, I should spend my whole time on just knowing the wonder of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I, I have to go on quickly <clears throat> to how to worship at a higher level. I've been involved in so many worship services, I can't even remember all of the worship leaders I've, I've worked with. Uh, I was thinking the other day when I started pastoring, pastor, we did three sermons a week, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. How many of you remember those days when we had three services? And I did that for weeks and weeks and months and years of time, three sermons. And then sometimes you did other things along the way, too. I can't even remember. And yet after all of that time, I know that there are higher levels of worship for me. 
There's, there's greater times. I've seen God break into worship services and just do wonderful, blessed things. I've been to great national meetings where God just sat down on that meeting and wonderful things were happening. I should sometimes write some of that stuff down, but my wife is the one who writes notes down. If you ever tell me anything, don't think I'm going to remember it. Go tell my wife. She'll write it down. I should write about all these wonderful things that God has done, but I've not reached that highest level yet. Somewhere in my understanding, and in your understanding, you need to come to the place you haven't arrived yet. This thing of worship is so big, so strong, so massive, so mighty, so life-changing that you're never going to peek out until you get into the new Jerusalem and you recognize what it is to worship God without any hindrances, without any weight, without the sin nature, without all the culture holding you back. You're just going to be free to worship God. Every one of us, beloved, listen, we have room to elevate in our worship. You should come to church, come to this worship time, recognizing that today I'm going to get to a new level. Today, something's going to happen. Somebody's going to say something. The door is going to open wider. The area is going to get larger. That somehow or another, God is going to elevate me in worship to a place I've never been before. Where you can forget about yourself and you can concentrate on God. Somehow or another, when you come into the worship service, God may use the pastor. He may use the pastor's wife. He may use one of the ushers, a person at the door. He may use somebody behind the counter giving you coffee. God may do something, and all that happens here on Sunday morning to take you to a new level. And if you'll come with expectations, anticipating for that to happen, this may be the day. That God takes you higher in worship. That doesn't mean you're going to stand, wave your hand, roll on the floor, foam at the mouth or any of those silly things. <clears throat> you may just sit there quiet with an attitude of gratitude and praise and thanksgiving. And you may not be able to say anything. Sometimes the tears may just fall, fall from your face and God is doing something deep in your life that later you're going to be able to make some noise for Jesus. It's not going to be a conversation that says, let me tell you what my goofy neighbor did. It's going to be a conversation, let me tell you what God did in my life. Let me tell you how God took me and lifted me to a place I've never been before in worship. It happened last Sunday at our church. You'll come maybe the next Sunday and you'll tell your pastor, i got to tell you what God did in my life last Sunday. You'll even go to your neighbors, your friends, your family, and you'll say, I need to make a joyful shout about what God has done in my life. He took me away from where I didn't need to be to a place where I needed to be. He's God. He's in that business of elevating our Worship. <clears throat> the Bible commands us enter into his gates with thanksgiving. I don't want to go too deep into what this thing of the gates are, but I think I could say when we come in to worship God here on Sunday morning, he wants us to come thankful. This morning when I got up, you know, I had toothpaste in my tube. <clears throat> Some of you are going to think I'm getting foolish now. <clears throat> 
I had a toothbrush. I had hairspray. I had oxygen to breathe. My wife didn't get up, but I found a piece of bread in the refrigerator and made me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And we even had grape jelly. <clears throat> That's the best, by the way. <clears throat> Beloved, there's always room to be thankful. Some of you didn't have to walk here today. Anybody walk to church today? You know, people built these roads. We should be thankful. We should be thankful there's policemen out here on the road trying to protect us and keep us safe as we journey through life. Our cars are running. You have clothes to wear. I've been around a lot of you. You had some deodorant this morning to use. (laughs) We ought to enter into the presence of God with thanksgiving, knowing that He is Lord. Remember, He's here. (laughs) I'm here. That didn't mean nothing. I'm sorry, but you're here. That doesn't mean nothing either, really. God is here. He's supreme. When you enter into the door, you ought to recognize in a very special way. Now, he's out there too. You can't escape from the presence of God. But when God's people come together at God's house, be thankful he's here in a special, powerful way. Because our pastors could open the word of God. Our music team, thank God for the music team we have in this place. Uh, I remember places Faye and I would would be, and she would bang away on that piano, and they were stuck with me leading music. I used to tell her, don't ever quit, baby. I'll catch up somewhere. I might be the next verse. I'll jump in there, but just keep playing. (laughs) We ought to come into the place saying, boy, somebody's cleaned this place. It smells good. It looks good. Somebody built this building. Somebody paid for this building. God, thank you that somebody is prepared for us to come. Find, if you need to, the littlest things to be thankful for. Because as you begin thinking about what you're thankful for, it'll grow. If you begin thinking about how sorry life is and how bad life is, that's going to grow in your life. And you're just going to become a sour, ordinary, kickative person that nobody wants to be around. I just let that sit for a minute. If you'll come to church and begin thinking about the wonderful things that God is doing, I think you will find that the commandment is enter into his gates. He wants you here, and he wants you here with thanksgiving. Find something positive to say about somebody. Sometimes you may have to think about it about some folks. I love the story of the old boy. couldn't help but say something positive about everybody. So fairly somebody said, I suppose you can think about something positive to say about the devil too. He says, well, you'd have to admire his aggressiveness. <laughs> God wants us to be thankful. I know every one of us have issues, but get over yourself. Get on to Jesus. He's worth a loud shout. Be excited about the Lord. Be thankful to him and bless his name. I think our worship will climb to a higher level Sunday by Sunday if we uh, develop this attitude of gratitude or this uh, ability to be thankful and look at the good and begin to talk about the good. Uh, When I married my wife, her first uh, meal for me was a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. 
But I'd eat that, and I'd say, baby, you put that on with special skill. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know how you did that, but you must have went through the whole loaf of bread and found the two slices just perfect for me. I just thank you for making supper for me. You know, through these 52 years, she has become a gourmet cook. She could have her own TV program. <laughs> Literally, if you want people to get better in what they're doing, begin bragging about it. Find something good to say about people. Enter into his courts with thanksgiving. Thank God that he is omnipotent. He is omnipresent. Thank God that he is merciful. Thank God that he is kind. That his mercies are new every morning. Thank God that you can confess yesterday's sin and find today's forgiveness. Find something somewhere to be thankful about. It be <coughs> joyful. Our joyful God wants his children to be joyful. Thank God he can make that in you. Now, if you're just of the negative nature, uh, bless your heart. I don't know uh, all of the answers for you, but Jesus can sweeten that up. He really can if you'll begin thinking about it and put a smile on your face. I love the phrase at Hawaii when I was in the military on combat duty in Schofield Barracks, Hawaii, and the Hawaiians would say, smile, no good to broke your face. And somehow we need to let the joy of the Lord, now go back to that first verse, where it says, shout, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. It's for everybody. God wants us all to make some noise for Jesus. And I want to encourage you folks to make some noise for Jesus. You know, in the Bible, in, in Galatians, where it talks about be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. That means don't be let wine control you or anything else control you. Be filled or under the control of the Spirit. And then the translators who put punctuation marks in, not there in the original text, but they put a comma there. And then it goes on to talk about singing and making other people in your presence happy with your voice. Some of you say, I don't have a good voice. Don't insult God. He gave you the voice you have, and he wants you to sing. <clears throat> it's interesting. I've done a lot of study on the word sing in the Bible. God wants us to be a singing people. Uh, I know that sometimes we let others carry, and with a music team like we have, it's kind of easy just to let them carry. But there's people next to you that need to hear you sing. And, and the leadership needs to hear you sing. God says that's one way you can make a joyful noise. And if you don't have a real good voice, then find somebody that does and sit next to them. They'll drown you out. <laughs> <coughs> But sing to the Lord. He's worth our very best effort. And that may be how we make our loudest shout to the Lord is in our worship service. We ought to enjoy and in anticipation of what God's going to do. Just let her rip. People have said us Baptists sing by the letter. We just open up and let her go. And we should sing to the Lord. Make a joyful shout to the Lord. You'll feel better. You really will. If somebody doesn't like your voice, let them move. Just sing to Jesus and, and enjoy the song and the melody and the words uh, that God has given to us. <clears throat> Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands, and serve the Lord with gladness. 
Sometimes when I watch people serve, I think, boy, they're in pain. <laughs> this, this is really misery for them, you know. My goodness sakes alive. <clears throat> That's what the kind of face you, you make when you eat dill pickles. And uh, <clears throat> all kind of, I don't know, to serve the Lord with gladness. Would you enter into his presence and make a joyful shout? And you take on a responsibility that God has given to you. It ought to be a joy to serve. I, <clears throat> maybe I'm just different, but the pastor better not ask me to preach if they expect to know, because I'm going to take it, man. If he tells me that, I'm going to put my happy dance on, and I'll get over it before I come. But I'm going to be joyful in the opportunity to try to lift Jesus up and help us with this earthly existence, whatever God's called you to do. I remember a pastor talking about <clears throat> this in his service, and he told of a lady in the church who was very challenged in life and just didn't have a lot of capacity to serve the Lord. And he began to pray, God, I have to find something for this troubled person that she could do so she feels she has a part in what God is doing. <laughs> and he thought, well, she could get a cup of cold water and she can put it in the pulpit because I need a drink from time to time. <clears throat> so he went to the lady and she was so challenged that there just wasn't a lot of capacity there to do much. But he asked her, would you serve Jesus by every Sunday getting a glass of cold, clean water and put it right here in the pulpit so I have something to drink? <clears throat> she ever said that she would be one of the first to come to church. And she would be there early and she would get a cup, make sure it was clean. And she'd get cold water and she'd carry it up and she'd put it in the pulpit. And she would just sit down and grin like she was eating a banana sideways. <laughs> that was her part. That was how she served. Some of us just don't want to serve God unless a D8, spiritual D8 cat's behind us pushing <laughs> We ought to serve the Lord with gladness. There ought to be a waiting list for some of this stuff. You ought to say, Pastor, can I? And he should have to say to you, there's four people in front of you wanting to do that. <clears throat> what else could we do? Beloved, listen, God wants to serve him with gladness. We should go home and not get so excited about the Vikings. We ought to come to church with a shout of joy. An anticipation that God is here. He's going to take us higher. He's going to teach us today about himself. He's going to open up doors of, of ways that I can serve, of things that I can do. And today is going to be a wonderful day. Can't wait, Pastor. I just can't wait. Can we start early? Can we? I'll be here early. Can we start 10 minutes early? I'll be here 10 minutes. Why can't we do 15 minutes early if I get here? There ought to be an excitement about us. And I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, if you'll read and memorize like my mother-in-law did, Psalm 100, live with that in your mind. You'll find that level of excitement rising up in your life. You'll grow from level to level to level to level. One day you'll be in the presence of Jesus and you will max out into what it is to worship him. He is worthy of our very best worship. He is worthy of, of all of our energy. He is worthy.
to make a shout to the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I'm not there myself yet. But Lord, I want to grow. I I want to learn what it is to get higher in this thing of worship. I want to learn what it is, Lord, to be still before you and know who you are. And then turn and make a shout, a joyful shout to the Lord. Help me, Lord, to get over me. Help me to get past me. And make the focus totally on you. That's the only hope I have, Lord, of rising higher in my worship. Father, I believe most people here today are just like me. We long to worship you fully. Abandon self and cling to thee. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.